Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we have started our way through the NFC, and now we are off to the second division in the NFC, and that's the NFC North, Wiz. Um, you know, I thought COVID was kind of behind us, Wiz, but I- I'm getting a little bit nervous. I, I-, I think I want to touch upon this a little bit before we get into our podcast. Uh, we're starting out with the Chicago Bears in the NFC North, but... You know, you see things like what's going on in L.A. right now, and we know there's a still a decent percentage of the population that's unvaccinated. And I think there are a number of measures that your league's going to still have to have in place when we come to the 2021 football season, Wiz. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, um, I think you know, all leagues should have kind of measures on Sunday in terms of pickups, preparation, uh, what to do because, you know, they're testing them and you could definitely test the player on Saturday night and then, you know, come Sunday before the game, there could be a situation where some players uh, will test positive. We just saw this happen uh, a few days ago with the with the Yankee players. And, uh, and uh, there's, yeah, I mean, you have to be realistic about this and, you uh, it looks like that could be, you know, it could get it come August, September. It looks like, uh, you know, it, it, you know, as long, as long as there are people that refuse to get vaccinated, um, there's going to be some cases. Um, it's just a matter of how bad it gets um, and how hard it hits. But uh, I think your league has to be prepared. And uh, while it's probably not the same extent as last year where – Leagues didn't even think there was going to be a season, and they a lot of leagues I know didn't even try to to participate. I think you know it, it's not going to be as difficult, but I, I do believe that all the leagues uh, that you're in should have some kind of measures and safety nets in case come you know Sunday you could have a situation where the game moved back, players missing games, so. I think you need to be prepared. Yeah, you know, Wiz and I, we're both big, pretty big fans of Dr. Scott Gottlieb. He's been on CNBC. He's been on NBC News, CBS News. Uh, you know, one of the preeminent voices during during this time. And he's been very bang on and correct about what he's thought about the situation. And, and he really delivers it in an apolitical way, uh, despite the fact that he was the FDA commissioner under Donald Trump. But I think he's one of the more... Um, intelligent sources of information when it comes to changes and dynamics given the virus situation and uh, he's a guy that I like to follow and he's certainly watching this uh, with a close eye and uh, you can follow him on Twitter he's he's always very active there and I just think he's just a a, just a very good voice of reason uh, when it comes to talking about this stuff yeah I mean you know Gottlieb and Fauci and these guys uh you know, they just they just give it to you straight. And what you do with that information is entirely up to you. Uh, everyone is making individual choices, and uh, you know that's uh, that that's you know up to them to to do what they feel is best for themselves and their families. But as it relates to fantasy football, I just think uh, you know you you need to have a discussion with your league and uh, put certain protocols in place. Yeah, I'll say this was, uh, you know, you mentioned the Yankees. We saw a few players in the uh, for the uh, British Open were unable to attend. Uh, there were a little bit stricter measures about getting overseas uh, to to play, to play in the UK in the British Open. But you know, look, this is going to follow sports. Unfortunately, it's not going away. Uh, so again, as Wiz said, you got to have those uh, protocols in place. And, and Wiz, by the way, uh, not to get off topic here, but uh, 
Did you, do you happen to see the situation around Richard Sherman, who's who's currently a free agent? There was a number of teams that were actually looking for his potential services, and you know. I don't think it's a joke when you look at what took place with the video, which was pretty graphic. Uh, you do begin to wonder, uh, are there some psychological effects, you know, blows to the head, the CTE and stuff like that. I, I think really scary stuff. Some people maybe want to make you know light of it, but uh, you know, let's hope Richard Sherman kind of gets his, his health straight, both physically and mentally. But uh, it was a very jarring scene, just seeing that information come out about Richard Sherman, who's who's been one of the better defenders in this league for a long time. Yes, he's 33 now, not the same type of player, but you just worry about the person's long-term uh, health, uh, health at this point in time. Yeah, there was some... You know, you know, startling news about some of these players. You know, the Richard Sherman incident, it looks like Dwayne Haskins was on the receiving end of domestic abuse. Um, that's not a joke by any means. Uh, you know, very difficult situation. And, uh, of course, the the situation with Deshaun Watson, I don't know how that's going to be resolved. But, yeah, you know, the NFL is going to take a long look at this and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, you have to really – you know, stay on top of this and um, and just be prepared because, uh, you know, some of these guys, it's just, you know, people look at them as fantasy football players, NFL players, but, you know, they, they, they're just regular people too. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of sad with the things that you see um, – that goes on on kind of like a daily basis with these players. Yeah, it's really it's really unfortunate. And let, let's like I said, let's hope uh, we can find a, a peaceful way and and hopefully a healthy way to kind of restore himself. But uh, all right, let, let's let's move into the uh, NFC North capsules. Wiz, we're going to start off with the Chicago Bears. I think a team when we look at Matt Nagy, there were high expectations coming from that high powered Kansas City offense, working under Andy Reid, and he comes to Chicago, and it's just been a big big, big disappointment in terms of the way this offense has worked. You could argue that it's personnel uh, behind it, whether it's the quarterback, either Trubisky, they tried with Foles last year, but it's been a disappointment. And I think you and I, we, we were owners in David Montgomery a couple of years ago, not last year, and we were very frustrated in the use of that player. But the Bears have been a significant disappointment on offense the last couple of years. They go um, they into this draft, they, they take Justin Fields, who really is going to be their quarterback of the future. You wonder if this is going to be a situation where we're looking at, you know, kind of a placeholder like Tyrod Taylor was uh, in both Cleveland and uh, Los Angeles. But, you know, he is definitely the quarterback of the future. How soon he gets on the center, uh, that remains to be seen. But I think Matt Nagy has a lot of scrutiny. His play calling has less to be desired. This is not a high-scoring team. And, uh, you know, they come into this season. Yes, they were 8-8 eight and eight last year. I think this inefficiency on offense certainly impacts their defense. But I think this is a very big year for, for Matt Nagy if he's going to be around uh, any longer than he's already stayed in Chicago at this point in time. Yeah, I think for that, for those reasons, uh, you know, you'll see Justin Fields in there. Probably, you know, if not at the first game, um, a few games in. Uh, as far as the quarterback situation as it relates to my fantasy football drafts, uh, I don't care if they announce Andy Dalton as the starter. I, I don't think he should be drafted in any format. And Justin Fields, look, if you're an opinion that – 
Justin Fields is going to be running, and he's going to be electric, and he's going to you know, take the league by storm, and he's going to be a very valuable fantasy player, and I want to draft him as my you know, quarterback, too, and I'll have a steady guy at one. You know, I'm not going to be mad at you for that type of thinking. To me, I'll probably avoid those bad quarterbacks, um, but as far as me, I don't know about you. I'm going to take a pass on the bad quarterbacks, but Justin Fields, if somebody wants to draft as a quarterback, too, just to kind of see how it pans out for him and have a steadier guy and a much better option at quarterback one, uh, you know, I, I could see that point. So where, where do you land on that quarterback situation? No, I, I like that philosophy, especially in non-keeper leagues. I think it makes sense to take that chance, and I think people will do exactly as you say. Uh, if you have the comfort of a number one quarterback to take fields late as your backup quarterback, I think it makes perfect sense. In keeper leagues, there'll be a much different uh, assessment on that player and a, a different value uh, that's put upon that player because as we said this is the guy in the future you know we look at this team though is there's shortcomings wherever we look only Adam Gase's New York Jets had a worse offense on third down uh, and, and again, you could say it, it's Trubisky. This is an offensive line that's a work in progress. Uh, they lost Leno, they left tackle. It, it doesn't mean that things are going to just all of a sudden get rosy and sunny here. There's, there's a lot that needs to happen uh, to, to, bre- to breed some success here in Chicago on a more consistent basis because we saw it maybe in Nagy's first year, but there's been a real regression in the last couple of years in this offense. Like I said, I, I think he's on his last leg as the coach, and it's put up a shut-up time, and I think, you know, as you said, Justin Fields is the player that I think gives him the opportunity to do that. That's not to take any. Andy Dalton is a, at this point in his career, is a valuable backup guy to be in. That that's his role. I don't think he's meant to be a starting quarterback in this league right now. So I, I agree with your take on how I would treat a player like Fields. Yeah, I, yeah, I think um, I think you know that's probably the best way to do it. You know, give yourself an opportunity and see if he, uh, you know, see if he does pan out. And if you can do some things that you feel, uh, you know, can help you in the second half of the season as he, you know, gets a, a little bit more experience. You know, we're going to do a, a podcast down the road uh, as it gets into August about players that are just moving up and down uh, the fantasy football ladder, if you will. And uh, one of these players that is just, I see, moving up and is just getting so much stuff written about him is David Montgomery, uh, who really look like a different player in his second year than his rookie year, which makes a lot of sense because he had a little more use of the speed of the game and understanding of the game. So uh, I, I, I saw his jump and, uh, you know, he, he was given the ball a lot more, especially in the second half. So I have him as kind of like a running back too. If, if all the noise and news about him getting 25 carries a game is true, I could see how he could be in that, you know, running back one discussion. I have him as a running back too. As far as the other running backs go, I don't know what to do with Damian Williams. He's a talented player. He's missed a year of football coming in there. I don't think he's more than anything of uh, than a streaming player, a flex, a handcuff, if you will, to Cohen coming off of that injury. So, you know, for me at the running back position, I have David Montgomery as a running back too. And, you know, Damian Williams is not much more than a flex slash handcuff to Montgomery, and then I'm probably going to just going to avoid to recall in all formats. How do you see it? Do you see it differently, or do you kind of view it the same way? 
Yeah, so it's interesting. Last year, if you look at the schedule that, and, and I've talked a lot about how players finish the season, and, and David Montgomery really took over late in the season. Uh, you mentioned Terry Cohen, so Terry Cohen was gone. Cordaro Patterson was the, the backup running back who wasn't really a running back. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 the chances and opportunities were there for Montgomery, both in the rushing game and in the catching game. He had 54 catches last year. Uh, a big, big jump, and he did a good job doing that. He's a big guy, but he gets down the field. He can catch the ball. He had eight touchdowns uh, as a running back. Um, the schedule was really soft at the end of the season for the Chicago Bears, so that was definitely helpful. So you combine the softest in the schedule with really a lack of an adequate backup, and certainly that was going to elevate a player like Montgomery, and they used him properly, and he finished as the number seven or number six uh, running back in fantasy formats. I agree with you. For me, he's a number two guy. So Damian Williams, this is a guy that was just a real star in the Super Bowl in 2019. He opted out for family reasons. I'm always intrigued when he's gotten an opportunity in this league. He's been productive and helpful. Uh, he's a veteran. He doesn't have a lot of miles on him. I'm more, I'd be more co- concerned about him. I think you combine both him on this roster and Cohen coming back, even though Cohen is a bit of a fragile flower and, and diminutive in stature. I don't know if Montgomery can approach those 54 catches with two, these two guys on the roster. And as I mentioned, there's some concerns around this offensive line as well. So I know there's noise around the player moving up, but I personally like him as a running back too. I'm, I'm not going to get all giddy and hop on that bandwagon. It's not enough to excite me. Uh, that's my personal view on it. And, and Damian Williams, just to, to you know, get a little more specific. Uh, no, I... No, I think yeah, I think Williams is intriguing to me. Williams is a much stronger, much bigger guy than Tariq Cohen. I think he's a more formidable choice as a backup running back. Could I see a two thirds, one third, well, whatever? Maybe a, maybe a sixty percent, you know, twenty five percent, fifteen percent breakdown between these three running backs because Cohen will be definitely used predominantly in the passing game. But I think Damian Williams could be a valuable guy in this offense. Will be a valuable guy in, in the in the locker room for sure. So, you know, he's not going to be, I don't think he'll have standalone value, but he has intrigue value for me. And I think a very solid handcuff. That's what I, I would call him one of those cheap handcuffs. He's not going to be like a Madison that'll cost you money or some of the other guys that I've mentioned. I think he'll be a cheaper handcuff that, that could actually have some value should any injury occur for David Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, it kind of. I guess you kind of just seen it the same way I am that, you know, he he doesn't really have, you know, like a Cream Hunt or a you know a McKissick kind of like a Pollard. Yeah, that, different, very different. The guy that could be drafted as a flex more more is he's going to do something if something would happen to Montgomery, and I kind of kind of see it the same way. The Bears have an interesting situation at wide receiver where. <laughs> Allen Robinson is kind of like Montgomery where somebody could, I guess I could be persuaded that he could be a wide receiver one. Um, He's going to get a lot of targets. There's going to be better quarterback play. Then the other side of the coin is this is last year with the bears. They've kind of both sides have agreed upon that. What is, you know, there's always a different element to it when the player knows it's going to be his last year and he has a big contract upcoming probably with a new team. Um, He'll either have a rookie quarterback or a quarterback that is probably past his prime. Uh, So I kind of am in the camp of, I think he's rock solid, but I think I, you know, for, for the reasons that I mentioned uh, about the quarterback play, uh, I kind of have him as a wide 
receiver too. I mean, I, I think he's somewhere around number 15 wide receiver. So he's definitely, I could be talked into wide receiver one, but I think he's more of a wide receiver too. Donnell Mooney is one of these guys that, Boy, he just is, it looks to me that he missed on so many opportunities last year. If they had better quarterback play, I don't know what to do with him. Because, again, um, is the quarterback play going to be so much better? Uh, is Fields going to get in there right away and, and, and be so much better at the quarterback position that Mooney could be drafted as a fantasy football starter? Right now, the way I have it, I kind of have Robinson as a wide receiver, too, and Mooney kind of as a flex starter and a streaming starter and Anthony Miller has just been completely <laughs> teams removed from the equation in Chicago so I'm not going to draft him in, in, in any format so how do you see it well, with those three players yeah I, I'm intrigued by Allen Robinson on a number of on a m- number of levels I'm intrigued that the, the contract situation he's been one of the most productive receivers in the league the last couple of years amassing 200 catches the last two seasons strange uses in the red zone uh you know again maybe it's due to quarterback play but not exactly the target that you'd think despite the fact that how many targets he amasses when you know in between the 20 uh, like in between the two 20s but just not as much in the red zone uh, look he's a great player uh this is a guy we saw go down in 2017 first almost first play of the season he's come back from that injury uh he built some rapport with Trubisky as a rookie and the last two years he's just been monster despite inconsistent um, in terms of production, despite inconsistent quarterback play. So I, I can buy the argument, though, that, you know, with maybe better quarterback play, uh, this could be a wide receiver one. If, if you look at the amount of targets he gets, you know, I, I remember there was a couple of games I was playing at the end of the season. I was playing against Allen Robinson. I didn't have any equity in the player because I didn't like the quarterback situation there. I, this guy was catching every other ball. They were throwing him. No other player had over 100 targets on this team. He, he had 150 targets last year. So I think Allen Robinson could provide upside uh, number one wide receiver type numbers should you get steadier play. Uh, I do still worry about this offensive line protecting whoever's behind center here. Um, and I agree with your take on Mooney. Uh, I owned that player in, in, in a couple of leagues last year. Uh, wave a wire pickup. He provided some some good support late in, late in the season for me. Uh, I, you know, I don't get Anthony Miller. You know, he had a great five-game span in 2019. We haven't heard from him since. They brought Demir Bird in here from, from the Patriots last year. But I, I agree with your take on, on, on Mooney for sure. And I think Robinson in some leagues, you will see some people push the envelope for him as a number one receiver. I'm just the reason why I'm a little dubious about Allen Robinson as a number one guy and 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 paying up for him in auction drafts and drafting him as high as other receivers is I'm just concerned if he starts getting banged up a little bit if we don't see kind of like a sequel to Kenny Galladay last year. Very fair. Very fair statement. Because he's he he he's he's on the tag. He's on the franchise tag. They didn't, you know, extended. This is it. Both sides understand this is his last year. He's looking at one more major contract for uh, four years or something like that with a lot of money on the table for somebody. I'm just not sure if this guy starts getting banged up, 
what his motivation will be. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't play with a lot of heart. You know, he missed it one year, you know, first game of the year, like on the first plays of the season, he got hurt when he was the Jags and out for the year. I'm not saying the guy doesn't have heart and determination, but what I am saying is, you know, when there's that much money on the line and a new contract, it's just something that I think fantasy owners should keep in the back of their mind because we saw with Kenny Galladay and uh, yeah, I was- think that Great point. Great, great points. I agree. We saw it with Galladay. I didn't own Allen Robinson in any league last year. So, I mean, I'm just kind of going by the damage he inflicted on me um, as an opponent. Uh, but I think your points are, are really smart and bang on. And I think, you know, that would be a concern of mine going into this year. I, you know, I just, I think that's a legitimate worry. If something would happen, this guy is not going to risk that contract. He's just not going to. And uh, I don't have much to say about the tight end situation. I think... Graham is not a guy that either one of us have been a fan of. Uh, Cole Komet. I just think the fact that their offense is not explosive and that they have to deal with each other in terms of fantasy football catches. I'm not going to be drafting either one of those riders, uh, either one of those tight ends in any format, in any situation, not even as a tight end, too. I think when you look at the tight end situation, there are a whole batch of interesting tight ends. None of them named Graham or Komet. You know, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, The amazing part to me is that Jimmy Graham had eight. I I made fun of him, cement shoes or whatever. He had eight touchdowns last year, which does take away from, you know, Allen Robinson's value a bit. Because I think a lot of those targets would go to somebody like Robinson. And it's really shocking that Graham did catch eight touchdowns. And they actually gave Komet the starting job in the second half of the year. Um, He only produced like 190 yards uh, receiving and caught like 20 balls and a couple of touchdowns. But... I'm kind of in your camp. Uh, it's well, I will not be drafting Jimmy Graham because 33 years old. It just doesn't resonate with me. You know, if you see something happen to him, can commit out of Notre Dame? Can we start to see some of that athleticism come through? I know you weren't super thrilled about this pick to begin with a couple of years ago, but now I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I would look elsewhere at tight end, not the situation. But it is somewhat interesting that the combination of these two players had 10 touchdowns last year. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I, I understand that Graham's always been a fairly good red zone target. I just think that's kind of random and, and difficult to repeat. Uh, as far as the special teams aspect, uh, you know, there, there's, there could be a case made that if the Bears' offense is better, their defense could kind of creep back into, you know, maybe drafting them as, as a top 10 or 12 defense. I'm not so sure about that. I think their defense is, is okay. Um, I think some of those guys have gotten a little older. Uh, I think their defense is still good. Uh, I wouldn't have them as one of those, you know, set it and forget it type defenses. But I think their defense is good. I don't mind someone who wants to draft them in another with another decent defense and kind of mix and match, which is something you like to do. I think they're probably better suited for that. So uh, I think their defense is okay. But like I said, I think I want to pair them up with another defense and play them when I think I have good matchups. And uh, the Bears kicking situation has been so bad that Cairo Sandoz had a good year and they gave him a five-year deal. Um, again, that offense is not exactly the Kansas City Chiefs offense. They're not going to be in the opposing team's red zone that often. That field is kind of tricky sometimes when it comes to field goals. So Cairo Santos was okay, but for me, he's nothing more than a streaming kicker 
how do you see it with the Bears' defense and kicker? Yeah, so this is a franchise that's done a lot of mortgaging of its future. When you look at what they did to pick up Khalil Mack and what they did to move up and get Trubisky, uh, not necessarily necessarily in the right direction. As you mentioned, there's a lot of names on this Bear defense. I think a lot of these guys are getting longer in the tooth. Guys like Trevathan and Akeem Hicks, uh, good players. Um, you know, Eddie Jackson is very solid in the secondary. Uh, you know, I mentioned Khalil Mack. Robert Quinn is on this team now. Um, yeah, it, and Roquan Smith, who they drafted a few years ago. It, it could be a good defense, but you're going to need that offensive situation to stabilize a bit. Um, Santos really shocked me in terms of his efficiency last year. He only missed three kicks the entire year. And if there was a step up in this offense as well, it would be beneficial for the kicker. And, you know, you mentioned the Chicago Bears kicking situation has been a butt of a lot of jokes. But, you know, he was good last year. And you understand them rushing to, to, to uh, sign him up. Uh, he was extremely efficient, but you're going to need this offense to take a step up from the levels that it performed at uh, last year for sure for them to ha- for him to be a viable guy. He's not going to get drafted. He'll be hanging around on waiver wires, but it could be something that works out later. And I think I, I don't see the bear, by the way, going back to the defense. Most people don't have the bears like this is this was a number one defense a couple of seasons ago. I, I see the bears kind of outside the top 15 right now by most people's accounts. Like I said, I think they're a good defense to have where you can, you know, mix and match if you pair them up with another defense. So they may be the type of defense that you'd want to draft two defenses if your league is, you know, deep enough and uh, and kind of pick pick your spots with them. So uh, so that's how I see it with with them. And uh, I think we're on to the Motor City, right? Uh, absolutely, we uh, we are going to the Motor City. A whole new uh, situation for Detroit this season. The Dan Campbell era has started. So uh, yeah, lots to talk about there. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. Next on to the Detroit Lions. Thank you very much, Wiz. You got it.